podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before, but hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part. It's got to 2-2 two, two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Hello, welcome to another Touchy Goodest podcast. My name is Lewis and I'm joined by Leroy and Sean. How are you guys doing? All good, man. Yes. Yeah, what's going on, man? All good. Life's good, man. Six points, sitting here with my peach tea and that. <laughs> oh, watching the game for a third time. Life's good. Looking down on for all those For a third peasants. time. Looking down all them, all them peasants, bro. <laughs> all, all I've watched is, I, I saw the game obviously um, live, but then I didn't, uh, I only watched the the, uh, the highlights from match a day. I haven't actually had the chance nah, to. I've been, above my, as you probably know, my leg is incapacitated, so I ain't got yeah. shit to do it. So yeah. I'm just there watching football. So to I'm here fair, on my third full, full play. To be kick, fair, kick. even if you were fully fit, you would have watched it like three times yep. through anyway, because yep. you're a fucking yep. nitty. That's what you yep. are, man. Do you know what? It, it is good to watch it again, because there are so many different nuances you mm. pick up second time that you might not have seen first time as well. Yeah, you know? no, that's a fair point. Um, let's start with the, um, the, the, the game itself then, because, you know, I think the mood around, like, 
just the fans at the moment, even between us three, it's, it's, it's a mood of like, we're quite optimistic. And even though the performance wasn't, in my opinion, it wasn't the best, like we didn't create loads of chances, and, you know, we weren't absolutely battering them. But I came away from that game feeling like there is room for, to, to, be, um, to be encouraged by and to be optimistic for the future with. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, obviously, people know me as not the most positive Arsenal fan, but I am definitely encouraged by what I saw. Um, I feel like, I mean, new signings will do that to you because you've got something to be excited about, mm. but I just feel like the quality in this squad and mainly in the first 11 as our new players bed in has gone up quite significantly. Yeah. Um, I've liked what I've seen from the new players, mostly. Um, and I feel that just that uplifting quality will see us really, really improve going forward as they bed in. We didn't really see that yet because obviously um, it's only been two games. Um, not many of them have started. Not many of them are fit. People came back late, etc. But I just feel that, that just having that quality to come into the team with uh, the people coming back from injury as well, it, it, it's exciting. It's something to be positive about. And we haven't had anything to be positive about in a long, long time. So, yeah, long may it continue. Yeah. Sean? Yeah, yeah, like 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 um, Leroy, I was very very encouraged. Um, initially, uh, upon watching it first time, I I, I wasn't, but you know, uh, upon rewatching the game, um, picked up quite quite a few sort of different aspects um, that that definitely encouraged me. Um, the midfielders, all of them, I think they they showed some interesting qualities in this game, um, and especially when you factor in the fact that what uh, Joe Willett just turned twenty today, Gwendozi himself is twenty. And uh, even though Sabios is more experienced than the other two, he himself is only what twenty two, twenty three. Yeah. So um, it, 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 it's very young, but but they all show um, a, a lot of good qualities as well. And, and and in this game, where where surprisingly Burnley pressed us quite high, um, mm. we we showed we showed some decent stuff actually. I thought. Yeah, I think it brought the best out of quite a few of the players actually. And I, I, I mean, I guess we're gonna get onto him. Well, let's get onto him now because I think you know he's <laughs> he got me really excited. Like I did a bit, I, I did like a a, a post a, a post game post on Touchline afterwards, and I was just like, I was so excited about his performance because I haven't we haven't seen a performance like that. Well, I haven't seen a performance like that in an Arsenal shirt since maybe that Kazula one against City. Like just an individual, individ, yeah, what's how do you say it? individualistic performance where in midfield where someone is completely bossing it absolutely bossy I know the opposition wasn't great but um, yeah man like it was just so I just loved every moment of it yeah uh, so obviously talking about Sabayos we don't even have to say but uh, this guy he's gassed me I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on cloud nine I yeah. can't lie to you um, a lot of people I saw on Twitter well not a lot a good few were saying this performance has been overrated I was like hey, what I game were you not watching maybe they were because... watching on Match of the Day or something because Match of the Day didn't really do like himself I, I don't think he they did his performance justice, and I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe watching on Sky, maybe that that came off the same way. I don't know. Nah, for me, because he kind of started in the ten position, and I said after about two to five minutes, he said like, "F this, I'm doing what I want," yeah. and he kind of went walkabouts and just basically did what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, he pe- he played the position as uh, a third midfielder. Um, even though um, Emery mentioned this, oh, he was switching with Willock. I didn't really see any switching. He played it sort of, there was a two, a base of the two, and he was just floating in between them and just taking up good positions. So the positive things about his performance is he was always available as an option for the ball and always wanted the ball. He was proper aware of his surroundings. He was aware of how every touch and pass impacted the game. So he tried to 
always impact the game positively, but he wasn't stupid and forcing it. So he did actually play a lot of simple passes. And if it wasn't on or the, the difficult thing wasn't on, he just pass and move and get it again. Pass and move, get it again. Just simple basics, which um, we don't see. He's technically superb, as we can obviously see. He didn't really get dispossessed in any silly situations at all. Yeah. Um, creative. Um, he takes risks. One thing I really do like is he's happy to play balls very, very close to the defender. Mm kind of right in the channels and it's a risky ball but those type of risky passes are what unlocks teams and he's happy to do that and uh, it was just a complete performance man um i, I thought it was incredible and i i've just been like oh how can we sign him like the <laughs> bay needs to go to real madrid so they need to get pulled by something because we'd i'd love to get this guy on a permanent even though i, I kind of feel he's probably too good for us and out of our reach and i feel like he's gonna go back to real madrid and be a superstar yeah i i, I kind of get this thing of like I'm sitting there watching him, thinking, "How the hell have Madrid let him go? Like, what? Who is running that club? Do you know? Like, because when you look, look when you look at Real Madrid's team, it it does look like a midfield that is lacking in, you know, uh, it just it's a stale midfield to me when you look at Real Madrid's midfield, and it could do with someone like Ceballos in there. And no one can tell me he isn't uh, an upgrade on the Tony Cruz that we see today. You know, is surely he can get into that Real Madrid team? So yeah, I mean, I can't see him staying too much longer it's interesting that you just made a point about his position and I think we'll get on to like whether you think that's instruction or whether you think that Ceballos actually um, did it off his own accord I'm just looking at the heat maps now and it's like Willock and Ganduzi have quite uh, similar heat maps one one obviously from the right and one obviously more on the left but you look at Ceballos's one and it is all over the pitch I'm seeing him picking up the ball at left back right back right wing left wing the 10 position Deep, the deeper position. It was insane. I've never seen a performance like it before. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just, just to kind of touch, touch on your points on, on sort of, um, you were asking why he wasn't playing. Um, you got to remember at Real Madrid, like there was, there was, like there were mad options. Obviously, Chelsea have just bought Kovacic, but even before that, Ceballos was behind the likes of obviously you had uh, Casemiro, Cruz, Modric, Isco, Asensio. Even look, they sent James Rodriguez. I know so they had a, they had a pro- proliferation of options. I do hundred percent, however, agree with you in terms of his skill set. Um, someone who's able to to sort of uh, be a bit more press resistant. And as Modric gets sold, I think what he's going to be like thirty four at the end of the season. So you you got to imagine that that there's a there's a role earmarked for him. I guess a lot of it um, depends on what happens with, with Zidane and whether um, Zidane stays on. If if he does, if uh, Real Madrid have a good season, and yeah. Um, Ceballos might be available because obviously him and Zidane don't really see eye to eye. Um, but generally speaking, yeah, I mean, he, he's a great performer. Um, people who obviously watch leagues outside, they've been knowing about him for a couple of years. When he was at Real Betis, he, he was he was very, very well known. And I was kind of screaming at the time because I can't even remember how much Real Madrid bought him for from Real Betis, but it was peanuts. Was it, it six, 16 million? Yeah. Something it, stupid? It, 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 it was so cheap. And I was looking at the time like, and there were people like him, Kovacic, Lobotka, and I was asking like, why Arsenal not like looking at any of these sort of guys? Like, do you know what I mean? So, um, but I, I think um, obviously he's risen more to prominence with his um, under twenty one performances. Obviously, the most recent one where they won, but even um, the tournament previous in uh, twenty seventeen where he performed well as well. So he's he, he's he's not a new. Uh, I mean, for people who only watched Prem, like obviously they won't know much about him. But but if you've watched him previously, you you'll know that he's a baller. He's been a baller. And and as he's he's by far already like you can see he's just our, our best midfielder. Considering I'm I'm actually really impressed by Guendouzi and Willock, but mm. you can see he's a cut above both of those two at, at, at this moment in time. And he has that thrust. You know, Emery um, 
he likes his tens to be involved, like to be like to double up as a as an eight and a half. So what Leroy was saying was that obviously he would start up, but then he would drop deep. He would uh, he'd be playing uh, passes one two with with the two guys, and then he would uh, be able to jink away from pressure as well. So he he's very much an all action midfielder as well, and uh, I think people will be impressed as well. He's also a set piece specialist, so yeah. if you get free kicks in a, a dangerous position, they, they might see it at some point as well. So yeah. I mean, ten out of ten midfielder for me. Like, it's this is the, the like you say you, you haven't been impressed so much by a performance like in in years. So yeah, uh, fingers crossed. Um, we have we have a good season with him. Definitely, uh, it was um fifteen million euros. I've just seen on here that he moved to Mid- Madrid for um cheap as chips. Yeah, exactly, ridiculous. Um, Leroy, wh- what did you think of his uh his? So you, you touched on his role and about you you know maybe he started off as a ten, but obviously. Gr- did, did did essentially what he wanted to do and you think that's more of the player taking it as his own initiative to do it rather than following a, a specific instruction from Emery? Yeah, I think that was pretty clear because you could see that we started with a pretty defined shape but as soon as he wasn't really getting the ball he just went looking for it. I mm. feel like his his decisions were dictated by where the ball was and he just wanted to be involved and he wanted to be the one who is controlling the game for Arsenal. He wanted to be the one that was orchestrating everything. So literally wherever the ball went, he made sure he was an option for it. And that would have been from the left back, from the right back, centre backs. Um, he, he literally went all over the place. Um, and I just feel, feel like he showed a good degree of tactical intelligence because he, he just... Uh, I, I'm not convinced that Emery said, right, this is exactly what I want you to do because he did everything. Like He, he was he was all over the place. He doesn't look like he just literally followed the ball and dictated play. But to be honest, he was also relatively good um, from a defensive perspective, even though like he may not have won a silly amount of tackles, but he was always trying to shut passing lanes. He was always trying to close players down. Mm-hmm. Um, he was doing the right things defensively as well. So if, I'm happy for him to do what he wants because he's clearly a very intelligent footballer. Do you think, though, that... Um... With him doing that and not following like a defined role in the squad, because I, I felt we did struggle with chance creation against Burnley. Um, I'm just looking at like some of the XG stats, and it kind of mirrors what my thoughts were on the game watching it. Is that we, although we got into quite a few promising positions, we didn't actually create many um, goal scoring opportunities. And I'm just wondering, is the fact that Ceballos was coming out of position so much, who then is in that central position to then further up the pitch that's going to make things happen if he, if he is maybe a bit further back? Like, well, do, that, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah, yeah. That relies on the quality of your wide forwards because Emery likes his wide forwards to come in and occupy the half spaces. In some ways, that kind of kills the space for the 10 anyway. And that's why I feel like, especially in the first game, obviously because Newcastle had that uh, midfield three, which was quite tight and it was quite congested. But then the wide players coming in, I think Sean mentioned it last time, congested the space for the 10. So it really makes it difficult. Um, I think Sabaos actually vacating that space isn't a massive issue because it's like a, a... it's not really a big deal in the system because he likes his wide players to come in. So for me, um, I feel like it's not a big problem. I feel like our chance creation was difficult um, against Burnley. One, because they defended pretty well. And two, um, again, it's the old same old adage that we didn't really... I mean, we actually held on to the ball a bit better, but we didn't hold on to the ball right in the final third. We didn't pen teams in until the second half. We had a few spells of that. Um, and I feel that that was partially due to Nelson not really being, not really being great and not doing much. You can, and say Aubameyang. Shit. you can say he was shit. He yeah, was he, shit. Was, okay, he, was, he wasn't great. But, and Aubameyang's not really that type of person, um, that type of player as it is. So um, I feel that that improved considerably, surprisingly, when Pepe came on. Yeah. He was quite technically secure when he mm-hmm. came on. Um, 
which kind of shocked me, to be honest. But um, I don't see that as a major problem with our chance creation. I feel like, if anything, it helps our chance creation because we can progress the ball a lot better. And then it's up to our um, our front three to sort of hold the ball, basically, and then um, uh, give us a platform to play. And yeah. that really should be... We really should be looking at Lacazette for that. I mean, if you're not going to score goals and you're going to get 12 league goals a season and be called a baller, then do your job. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't great, was he? No, nah, he was terrible. I, I mean, not terrible. He's he done well for the goal, yeah. but he, he wasn't fantastic in this game. I mean, Sean, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think uh, uh, to, to add to the points you made, essentially, um, the midfield three, I, I thought they did well. They all rotated well. They popped the ball off well, but it's essentially we weren't progressive enough in, in the final third. Um, yeah, Aubameyang's not going to be, he's not going to dribble um, against against a deep block. There wasn't any space for him to operate. Um, you'd, you'd hope, yeah, Lacazette would peel off um, and, and maybe provide another passing option, but he, he didn't do much besides his goal. Um, yeah, Nelson, unfortunately, he, was, uh, he, he wasn't great himself as well. Um, um, so yeah, we, we it it was quite stale. The, the moment we scored, we we didn't seem to to have much else. Even though um, Burnley sort of pushed forward, you would have thought uh, maybe we would have had a bit more on on the counter as well. But we we didn't really show much until um, yeah. So Emery's sub for for Pepe was quite a, a proactive one, and 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 you need especially if. Um, None of your, your your midfielders are going to break forward. I mean, Willett can do it, but he didn't do it that much this game. You need um you need more from your front three, and obviously Pepe is the the real risk taker that we have at the moment in that front three. So so yeah, so it, as you saw, it improved in the second half. A question though, what do you feel like we can do to improve that? Because as you were just saying, I feel like would you like to see a bit more of Willock off the ball? Because I feel that one thing that holds our midfield back a lot, especially when we play Shaka and Gendouzi together, or Torreira and Shaka or anybody, is we just don't. We they they play very flat, and none of them really do much off the ball to create um, that forward option to progress play very well. Um, I feel that, especially when we had the three in there and we had the extra security with Sabayo sitting and trying to dictate the game, I'd like to see a little bit more from Willock in terms of breaking forward to either create an option or just move players around and just cause some disruption in there. And I feel that that would have really helped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 oh, sorry, sorry. No, go on, John. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know if that was tactical instruction from from Willock, but Willock is one of those. He definitely has that, you know, Ramsey-like quality to arrive sort of in the box late, but he he didn't show it as as, as mm. much this game so I don't know if that was tactical instruction or or or, or maybe yeah he, he just chose to hold his position a bit more but yeah I'd, uh, that that's a good option especially if um Lacazette or Aubameyang weren't showing much um Reese Reese Nelson obviously he, he's blowing um I mean he's still only 19 but yeah he blows very hot and cold which I guess is is, is natural for a youngster but the, the aim for him is is he needs to show more so uh, you, you would hope um, I mean he did have that one. There was a bit moment in the first half where he burst past someone and he had a shot on his left foot, I think, which um, yeah. he palmed away. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, um, and then he had the one where obviously Monreal was offside and he and he, and he netted it. So, I, I mean, it, it wasn't great, but I, I think he still showed a, a couple of promising signs. But obviously for him, the challenge is he, he really needs to push on. He needs to be a bit more direct, um, especially because, like I said, our, our strikers aren't, they're reliant on, on creativity from themselves. I know Aubameyang um, sort of made his goal himself in the second half, but that's uh, that's not a, a, an occurrence which is going to happen very often. So we need to see more from our 
from our wide forwards. Um, uh, I'm sure Pepe will show more, but yeah, uh, Nelson and, and Mickey when they when they get their opportunities, they need to show more. So um, yeah, especially. But yeah, coming back to your original point about Willock, I would I would like to see him break forward a bit more if that is going to be our option, and especially if we're going to go with that midfield against um, Liverpool this weekend as well. I would like I would like to maybe see him as the option because he he is that one option in midfield that is um, very different to the others. Um, he's he's physically more imposing. He, he he seems to have a lot of uh, seems to have very good stamina as well. Can get up and down. So you'd hope he'd um, be able to show a bit more. But but we'll see. He, he, I mean, he's still young himself as well. So so yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, I agree with Sean in, in regards to that. So I think the reason why I brought up that midfield point about Ceballos earlier was about uh, just having that man off, like making those runs off the ball. And I I don't think Willock did that um, enough. And I think someone like Ramsey it would would work well in Ceballos doing that kind of role, you know. Like Ramsey's the type of midfielder. He do, he's not he's not good. At, that's not his job, right? So he's that's not what he's good at. So if he had someone like Ceballos, like pulling strings, it allows him just to do what he does best, which is getting around the pitch, making those forward runs. And I think Willock could probably be that player, right? Like Willock has the same kind of. Um, as you said, like the off the ball runs, and the, he's got that goal scoring instinct as well to get into the box. So um, I was a bit surprised that Willock didn't do enough of it. I know he had one where he played a through ball into uh, I can't remember who it was, but someone botched it, I believe, um, in the first half. I think it was. Um, but yeah, I was just a bit surprised that Willock maybe didn't make more of that space in the middle that that was maybe a bit occupied. But um, yeah. Uh, I'm not. Su- I'm not surprised he did though, because the pr- the thing is, I feel like his instructions were to play at, in the midfield two at the base, and I think he just followed his instructions. Right. The problem with Emery's midfield two at the base is he's very conservative, so he likes to have that as a platform for the defence. So he likes those players kind of to support play and not really go ahead of the ball. He likes to push his fullbacks really quite high up, and then though, it, just in case it breaks down, the idea is they cover in the um, in the fullbacks, the so they cover out wide. Yeah. That's why our, I find our centre mids, when our, we the play does break down in attacking areas, are too wide. Mm. And I've said it on many occasions, so you have one really on one side and one on the other side, and it leaves a big gap in the middle. Um, so he likes them to cover in the wide spaces. So that's why I feel like Widdock actually probably didn't do that. I feel like right. it's more tactical instruction um, and him following instructions rather than adapting to the needs of the game. Because when he saw how Sabayas was playing, maybe a player who's a bit more confident or a player who's um, uh, got a bit more seniority in the team might have just adapted to him to how the game was going. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we spoke a little bit about Pepe's, um, well, I would call it a cameo, but he got a, he, he got a 45-minute performance and he looked really sharp. Um, I was really impressed with some of the, the take-ons that he had. Um, I think he completed um, quite a few of them, actually. I think I put the stats. Four out of six take, take four ones, six, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he he made a few chances. He should have um, he should have put Aubameyang in for the uh, to, to to seal to seal it. But he also made another chance for Aubameyang that um, uh, Aubameyang uh, missed. Yeah, I think he was so encouraging when he came off, and he just gives you that extra dimension off of uh, on the break. But one thing I did find interesting about Pepe is um, not so much about Pepe, but Emery's instruction to go to a four-four-two and play Pepe up front. And I thought that was switching to a four-four-two sounds like it'd be quite an offensive change, but it didn't work out that way for me. It, it, it looked quite a pragmatic change. It looked like to be a uh, a very defensive change because I think when he made that change Pepe came out of the game and um, 
it just became a thing of like, right, let's have two solid banks of four and let's be hard to break down. And I think that's why towards the end, we didn't really see too much of a transition threat. I don't know what you guys think of that. So are you saying this is after we we went ahead? Yeah, so after we went ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I think that just um, sort of supports the, 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 the general notion that, that Emery is kind of quite conservative and he i guess he just wanted to see to sit to see the game out and hopefully if we did have a chance just catch them on the counter and i guess to an extent obviously it did work if, if pepe had fed through a properly at the end then mm. and he had tugged that way I, th- I think we left maybe one or two goals on that pitch so we, we could have um possibly on the break got got a third or a fourth so but i mean i mean um Generally speaking, obviously I'm a, I'm a big fan of Nicolas Pepe. Um, he comes in off well off that right flank. He's um, he he makes a lot of vertical runs. So he, he's not someone who will you know like a Mares who will hug that sort of right touch line mm. and then look to to beat his marker. He will also come into so I think that's quite why Emery likes him. He'll come into the half spaces as well. So he will look to pop off. Um, Play, in a, play a couple of combinations. You saw the the ball that was threaded through for a Bamiyang, which uh, the keeper made a good save from as well. And then obviously he will also go at his marker when he when he gets the chance as well. So it's definitely a, a layer of unpredictability. I like his body feints. Um, it's just a bit of uh, yeah, a bit of flair that that we don't have, and and also yeah, just adds that that extra dynamic. Um, obviously he's still not fully fit at the moment. I think you saw a couple of times he probably did track back a couple of times when there was a bit of an option to do so as well. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, I, I think. It's a case of, and, and and this applies to the midfield and the forward line as they play more with each other, as they kind of um, learn more of each other's um, sort of skill sets and moves, both on and off the ball. I think they will adapt. So um, I, I personally still don't want to see Lacazette at centre forward full time, but but I think that's what we'll have to adapt to. So we'll see how we can make it work. I mean, obviously, um, it, it worked for that chance where uh, Pepe threaded um, Aubameyang through. So, mm. but I I still think we need we need more both in build-up and in, in chance creation in the final third as well. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, a, a solid debut, for, a solid home debut for Pepe. Uh, um, so, yes, yeah, so, yeah, no, I was going to say, I, I agree with what you said. So when he went to four four two, I mean, if you're an off-the-ball forward you, and you, you don't really get involved and you're just running in behind, you're not going to see much of the ball anyway. And that's kind of what he became in the four four two. Um, I was really encouraged by Pepe's cameo. And the reason is, my concerns beforehand was he, I'm not sure how technically secure he was. And obviously, I can't say that from 45 minutes. He looked relatively technically secure, which was good. Um, he looked at and he beat players, which I wasn't sure how good a dribbler he was, which isn't another good thing. But the thing is about Pepper, which you noticed, he's got a very, very nice blend of attributes and he's got a very mixed game. Mm. So uh, a lot of his game is yeah running in transition. Then he was coming to the ball and linking up quite well and good in combinations. And that's why he was in the game. And it's a lot easier to receive the ball and make combinations when you're playing out wide than when you're playing up front, even in a 4-4-2. Mm. And that's the reason he, he came out of the game, in my opinion. But overall, um, he was tricky. Uh, he had a bit of X factor to him to make stuff happen, which is always needed in the final third. Like I said, he had pace, which was clearly obvious. He could he was quick. He could open up his feet. He, uh, I think on two or three occasions, he carried the ball from deep in our half to deep in the opponent's half, yeah. which is something that we desperately need and doing it quickly so in terms of that blend of attributes if he has the overall quality to go with it and then add to the goals that we know he's quite goal orientated then I think even though we've slightly overpaid we've got a gem on our hands and it's probably actually worth the money decent I'm, I'm, I'm very I'm very encouraged to hear your views on this I can't lie to you <laughs> 
because um, oh, <laughs> you because you were starting to scare me a bit like when, when you were posting all these things you were starting to scare me a bit so Do you know what it's because obviously I, I was messaging the group that i was like lewis you need to get me this minute of this game <laughs> i need to watch it and i've just been sitting there binging on pepe uh, flipping um Leo, uh yeah Leo. and um yeah it's just uh i don't know it, 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 some of what he does is encouraging mm. he reminds me of a bit of like a proper ass player like some things will do will be outrageous then you'll do another thing you'll be like what the hell are you doing why, why would you do that mm. but uh, maybe it's because it was the first game and he was kind of playing it safe-ish but he looked solid to me um, and yeah. honestly I mean, say, so encouraged you say he played it safe though but he showed a lot of flary moments like moments that showed a lot of bollocks to do that a lot of players maybe wouldn't do on their debut so maybe he's gassed up a bit by his you know big signing the fans were cheering him on the touchline as he's warming up Maybe he's yeah. gassed by that. Um, true, true. Um, another new sign, obviously, who played was uh, David Luiz, um, who I thought overall was pretty solid. Um, I think he did uh, most things quite well, but I guess that's not going to be the uh, the issue with David Luiz, is it? The, the, David Luiz is always going to do most things very well, but it's the moments where he switches off um, which are going to cause us a few issues. And... I, I, I personally feel like he switched off for the Burnley goal. Um, I know it took a deflection. It was unfortunate. Um, but you can't just leave a striker uh, there six yards out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, and, and not even know he's there. Um, so disappointing in that, in that regard, but not entirely unsurprising. Um, but what did you guys think of David Luiz's performance, just his debut in general, and, and how and the impact that he had on our defence uh, uh, from maybe last season. I mean, I thought he was quite steady. I, I think the, blaming him for the goals a, a, a bit harsh. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was at a time where, where, where Burnley were very much on the front foot, um, and it was one of those things like um, Dwight McNeil on the left channel is actually quite a decent player, and they and unfortunately, like you know, obviously not a bad thing but we didn't really want Oba to track back so we were kind of leaving him high and, and you know Ainsley was being had this you know he has this thing where he's just bare lax in games at times as well and then like so Dwight McNeil was, have, was having a couple like um, positive bright sparks during, during during that first half as well and I think we they got they got a bit encouraged and then the left back was 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 doubling up as well so they, they were causing a bit of trouble down that right hand side so um, unfortunately yeah I, it, 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 it happens um, overall though, I thought it was quite a steady eddy um, game from David I'll give him a 7 out of 10 but I think my, my general thing is actually especially I was a bit I was um, maybe because it was his first game like he was just, he was just keeping it simple but I would have liked to we didn't use his ability to play out from the back enough mm. um, like th- there was that bit in the second half you know where they Bernie did press and he just clipped it over to Ceballos and I was kind of like look he can do that I don't understand why we didn't use that to our, our advantage a bit more especially when Bernie were pushing up we were kind of like well why don't we just change up and just, you know, a couple of times, just hit a couple of balls over the top. Yeah. We had a Bambiang and Pepe on, do you know what I mean? So, and Burnley aren't a quick team. So especially like, you know, when they're pushing up to like nearly the halfway line as well, well, you're kind of like, well, test them. Let's mm. see how quick they are running back. Do you know what I mean? So I don't, I don't but may, maybe it was just the first game. Um, so hopefully we see a bit more of his passing range as, as games go on. Um, it was interesting to hear Socrates say, obviously him and David Luiz have, have, have had a chat. Apparently David Luiz speaks a bit of Greek. And um, they, they, oh, really? they were talking about, apparently so, yeah, yeah, apparently in this interview, yeah. So they, they were talking about how they would work together and, mm-hmm. and do you know what I mean, how, how they would uh, adapt with each other. So, um, I mean, next week against Liverpool is obviously going to be, be the real litmus yeah. test. Um, but yeah, I mean, generally speaking, I think it's okay. 
I, I am a bit concerned that they both can him and Socrates can both be hotheads at times. So hopefully that doesn't rare rare its um, yeah. Rare its he did so, some. Yeah. He did a really stupid thing, didn't he, at the end where he just kicked. I think did he kick off, throw the ball out of. Um, he got a yellow card for descent. I think right at the end. I was just thinking, yeah. why would you do that? Like it's it's. Because we're we're not exactly got an abundance of great centre backs. So why get a yellow card? first well second game of the season just for something stupid like that when you know you're a center back you're gonna get uh, that, that just frustrated me it really did but um it's nothing probably compared to the frustrations that Leroy is going to speak about now <laughs> uh, you know what okay let me let me I'm not a David Luiz fan everyone knows I'm not a David Luiz fan the thing is about David Luiz like I think if you remove the error he was probably 7.5 nearly 8 out of 10 mm. he's very very good in his defensive actions he was strong he stood up to Burnley very well he was communicating and he was clearly the leader in that back line where usually Socrates is clearly the leader in the back line he came in and took over straight away and I think that was really quite evident um, I feel like he kind of um, uh, yeah it, in terms of his uh, you were talking about build up I feel that I mean, maybe it's a new team thing. He didn't. He was kind of really reserved in that until sort of the second half, where he kind of stepped up a bit. Um, and when he stepped up a bit, we actually started to play a little bit better. Um, but I still feel that will come. That will come in time. He's, he's got that in his, his locker, and I think that's going to really, really help the team and hopefully be a reason why we can get rid of Shaka. But yeah, it's just the typical. Like in terms of the goal, I mean, people say he's unlucky, but you you got to know where your man is. You, you you've got a. That's that's what you do as a defender. You, you, he's fallen for the run. Yes, the deflection took him, but what if that was a pass? That could have easily been a pass. Mm. Um, so, if, with David Luiz, I, I'm worried. I'm worried. I mean, it's going to be an upgrade on Mustafi, no doubt. So um, we shouldn't be that worried. But I'm worried because I would rather take a defender who is seventy percent as good as Luiz because he is very good in a lot of different areas and he's just not going to make the mistakes, not going to switch off, etc. Um, and just be reliable. Uh, Louise is just not dependable for me, and I feel that that will come out in the season and that will come out at crucial moments. Hopefully, I'm wrong. I'd love to be wrong. But um, overall, yeah, apart from the mistake, 7.5 out of 10, but the mistake makes... Uh, the, 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 as a defender, you're judged by your absence of mistakes because mistakes cost goals. Um, everyone, a lot of people say to me, oh, this overstated, etc." and he does make mistakes, but he's a great defender. But then you'd rate Mustafi then. Because Mustafi has a lot of good defensive actions. He does a lot of good things. Like That's why, statistically, he comes up so highly in all of the different metrics. Mm. But he makes four or five dickhead moments a game, and then we concede three goals. Yeah. So it's, you, you really judge by your ab- absence of mistakes is one of the top, top, top things for a defender. And I just feel like Louise really falls down on that. Um, so, Who do yeah, you guys think? My- is better out of Louise and Socrates. Like, who who is the better defender then? Taking all the taking all those things into consideration. For me, Socrates. For me, Socrates, because mm. he's seventy percent as good in Louise in all of these defensive areas, but he's much more dependable. Mm. Much more dependable, and he's not going to make those mistakes that Louise does. And you can see that. How many mistakes did so- glaring obvious errors did Socrates make last season that Barely led to goals? To be fair. Exactly, and he's just dependable and solid, mm. and he's going to do the right thing. So yeah, that's for me. I much prefer Socrates. What about you, Sean? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'd agree. I, I think um, Luis is more naturally talented than Socrates, much more. But, but, but like you say, just having people who are just not idiots, and and it, it, you'd be surprised how much of a just a massive difference it makes by just having people who who, who don't panic. Mm. So um, yeah, so, so Socrates, by virtue of the fact he just doesn't do stupid things, yeah. um, he he isn't, he isn't really like expansive or he doesn't do anything special, but. 
you know, sometimes you just need people who are just going to get the job done. So yeah, yeah, come with me. He's, to answer to answer that question, like with another question, if you could clone both of them, <laughs> one, you, would you have two Louises or two Socrates, uh, two Socrates, yeah. and two, which pair would concede less goals over the scores of the season? Two Socrates. Yeah, two, two, yeah. <laughs> you'd rather have <laughs> like, two Socrates, wouldn't you? But... That's that's what I'm saying. Mm. So even though you might not get the incredible bits of play, the extra. 10-20% of bits of defensive play which do help um, in terms of quality and defensive quality and like his ability and jewels and stuff but you're going to concede less goals yeah. over the season with two Socrates and two Louises yeah fair, fair dues fair dues um, let's we'll speak a little bit more about the other players um, as we go on but I just want to move on to the Liverpool game uh, on the weekend so obviously that's going to be we've won two of our games and you know we've got we've got six we've got six points on the on the ball which is only rivaled by Liverpool at the moment. So but Liverpool is going to be the real test, isn't it? At Anfield. So I just want to get your thoughts on how we set up. What changes do we make from um, uh, from the team that played against Burnley? Uh, because I don't think the team will change. The squad won't change that much. Maybe Urza will come back in. Um, I'm not too sure what his situation is at the moment, but what changes would you guys make and what changes do you envisage Emery making, if any at all? Still paying hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Let's change that. At Zenni.com, our factory direct model means no middlemen or outrageous markups. Just the same quality frames and lens options as the other guys for one-tenth the price. Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit zenny.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever. Um, uh, yeah, go show. I should, I should yeah. really give names to... Yeah, I'm just putting it out there. Sean, you go first. <laughs> yeah, so I... Um, Emery's pretty much the hardest person to second-guess. Like, I, No one can ever really predict his lineups. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see if he if he maintains the four or if, or if he switches to a free disc game. Um, I mean, we, we trained most of the preseason with a four. We started both seasons. We started both um, games this season with a four. So you'd hope he would continue with a four. But at the same time, I would understand the logic if he was to switch to a free disc game. Mm. Um, so, but it, it, it's one of those ones. Obviously, you'd imagine. I, I personally feel, even though he hasn't had any uh, any like barely any minutes this uh, season, I still think we need a ball winner. So I would be tempted Herrera. to put Torreira in. I, I would be tempted. Sabios um, so, so is, is is a definite, and then you you're choosing between maybe one of uh, Gwenduzi or um, uh, Willock. But at the same time, if Jack is fit, I can assure you he's coming back into the team, and I would I'm going to hate it. I'm going to hate it because once he gets pressed off the park by Liverpool, like you saw, like against Burnley, that there were small bits where we just had like the ability to play out pressure. Even not Sabios himself, like Guendouzi and Willock both. There was one, I think, one occasion in um, the first half where like Willock, he like he literally flicked the ball around the corner, did a one-two with um, yeah. uh, with Guendouzi, and then like he he flung it into. I'm not sure. I think it might have been Sabios as well. And it was just those different kind of actions that that mobility, which I think will be necessary. But um, yeah, I, I mean. I still think Emery is kind of wedded to to Xhaka to an extent. So um, yeah, I mean to answer your question, I generally I don't have a clue, um, and and I'm normally I'm so against the back three, but I'm I'm not totally against it this game to be honest. If if he does bring it in, so but yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I think he will bring in. Um, I think I think he's going to bring in Mickey as well um, okay. from the start, and so, then so I don't Pepe. I, I don't think I think Pepe will get another 
maybe 45 minutes for half an mm. hour this game and I think he'll start the North London derby mm. but I don't think he'll start, I don't think he'll start this weekend mm. Libre? I, I would definitely not go for the back three because I just see Mane and Salah in behind uh, Monreal and or like Kolasinac and um, Maitland-Niles and I just feel like it's in too much space now again as, as Sean said Emery's impossible to second guess so I can't tell you what he's going to do um, I do feel that Liverpool and the way that they're, they're the perfect foil for Emery's system or Emery at Arsenal at least because um, we suck in defensive transition we're rubbish at it and uh, we had big goals big gaping holes in the middle um, and we're not the securest team in terms of passing out the back technically so it's got a massacre written all over it really I mean if I was setting the team up I would kind of really go quite tight I would I would actually see possession to Mane and Salah, but I'd double up on them. So I'd have really hard work. You want your runners in midfield and you want your hard workers because I'd try and double up on them with a the full-back and uh, uh, centre midfielder. Um, make sure we move as a team. Um, I don't really rate their midfielders like a, that, to switch play that easily or that well. Um, so I would yeah go with Torreira because I do think we need a ball winner. I would go with Willock because I think we need his energy. Then um, I'll go Sabayos. I'd actually um, take out Genduzi and Chaka yeah. because both of them I feel like are out of the players are at least press resistant yeah. or at least I feel like we need Willock's attributes. Um, I really, really do. I feel like we need the runners and we need the, the ball winners and we need the people who are going to match Liverpool's drive for stride because I don't want to get run over by them either mm. in for, uh, regards to intensity. Um, in terms of our attacking thing, I, I would just make this a counter-attacking game. A counter-attack. I mean, they're going to be sort of a, a gag and press, but I, I'd make this a counter-attacking game. I would really try and stay compact, stay tight, keep it tight. Anytime Marley uh, gets a ball, double up on him. Salah gets a ball, double up on him on that side. Make sure you're shuffling over, shuffling over. And then I would get the ball and I'd trust Ceballos to find one of the forwards. Or I would start Pepe because I feel like we need to. We need to make sure we're in this game at 60 minutes. I think that's important. So I feel like we need to start with our best team. And I'd feel like, right, be like, right uh, as soon as we win the ball, try and get it up, forward, up front as quickly as we can. You guys got to do something and um, just try and concentrate on keeping it tight at the back and making sure we don't leave any gaps and any holes for Liverpool to expose. Um, I am worried about our fullbacks 1v1, like I said, so um, we really, really need to try and make sure they've got the support. Um, and uh, that's how I'd address the game. So Lacazette would be in your strongest yeah, attacking team? Yeah, um, because uh, at the end of the day, uh, I feel like he's going to be the only one up top who can hold the ball at mm. least. And you do need an outlet to someone to hold the ball because um, Van Dyke is going to be obviously a monster. And yeah. if you just yeah, if you just leave it as a foot race, I feel like Van, Van Dyke will win every single foot race. Mm. So I feel like you need to kind of use Lacazette as a kind of decoy, get um, drag was, him out a bit. Exactly, and I, I was having this discussion on Twitter. I think you need to Lacazette needs to be re, he's going to be really important in that game. You need to kind of use him as a decoy. Yeah. You need to f- find him, and he needs to be quick with the ball and just get it out to one of the wide players, or um, pop it back into Bias and Bias a long ball over the top, or a long ball in, and feed in one of the um, wide forwards in Aubameyang and Pepe. And I feel like that's how we need to attack. But my main concern is how we defend and how we stay really, really compact and how we double up on both sides um, and just keep the team together um, and it's going to be a lot of hard yards for both of them and like I said the most press resistant players are, are really really important so yeah Monreal needs to play um, Luis needs to play um, uh, Socrates needs to play because he can the only one who can defend um, and in terms of midfield I would yeah take out Shaka and I'll take out Kenduzi as well yeah I, d- I don't see any point of playing Shaka, and I'll be really disappointed if Shaka does come into the team because 
Number one, he doesn't deserve to be in the team on merit at the moment. I think he's been the weakest out of the four. Is it the four centre midfielders? I'm not going to include Torreira because obviously he hasn't had a preseason. But we know what Torreira is about. He has to come back in. So I'd be disappointed if Xhaka does start. I don't see any use for him in the team in this game. That he's just going to get pressed off the pitch. We already know that he's... Uh, you know, you've made several allusions to it that he, he's um, he's not press resistant at all, especially on his right hand side. So, and Liverpool are the per- they're the perfect side to take advantage of that. So, I don't see any reason why Xhaka would play. But as you said, uh, Emery has his own ideas, and he's very difficult to to predict what's um, what he's going to do. What what are we thinking about uh, predictions? Just quickly, like, uh, how do you see the game going? 3-1 Liverpool mm. or maybe even I, 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 yeah I think we're going to get slapped for one I think yeah. we're going to nick a goal there because Liverpool's yeah. defence I'm not really I can't really work out exactly why people are saying they're playing a lot higher they I are. haven't really analysed yeah. it myself but they just, I, I, they just I, don't look as solid yeah. I, I, I think people are finding holes uh, behind Trent and Robertson, at, well, especially Trent at the moment as well. So there, there are people as in both games, Norwich and Southampton. You saw they targeted that fullback area, yeah. That um, so those, the space into those channels, and they, they can be hurt down those sides. So it, it will be interesting to see if if Klopp does anything to address that. But both games so far, they, they've they've looked vulnerable because I, I, I read something yeah. earlier on um, this season that. Uh, that last season they they barely conceded any shots at home, but mm-hmm. you saw even though they smashed Norwich in the first game, Norwich, first, Norwich did yeah. get into the final third very very easily mm-hmm. a lot of times against Liverpool. So, um, right, but Pookie's a bad boy though. Yeah, yeah. Pookie's a bad boy still. He, he is, and 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 even before um, Liverpool went ahead against Southampton at the weekend, Southampton had chances. Mm-hmm. They had chances which which they really didn't convert. So um, it, it will be interesting to see if if we can convert it. So, I, I, like you said, I, I think we can score, but I just have no confidence that we're going to shut them out the shut other end. Out, so, yeah. um, so, like oh. I said, I will, I, I will bite your hand off now for a draw. But I think this is, I think this is the, if there is a perfect time to play Liverpool, it is now. I mean, they've they've played a lot of football in the last, um, since the beginning of the season started. So, they obviously had the long uh, game against Chelsea in the Super Cup, which maybe impacted their performance against um, Southampton a little bit because they were really poor, I thought, against Southampton. And they don't look the same defensively. So I wonder if that impacted their performance against Southampton. They've had like a week now to recover. But something something about them isn't the same. Um, I've watched all three of their games so far this season. And um, they were obviously clinical against Norwich. But I don't think they were menacing. Um, not like mm. they were at points last season they and the season before. Um, Norwich were just suicidal, I thought. Uh, the way they set up was, you know, they were on a... Uh, geriatric mission um, so yeah I, I do I do think if there's any time to play them it's now um, I did want to ask you a few questions about our XG actually because um, just going back to chance creation we're actually in like the bottom t- we're in the bottom 8 of chance creation this season I just wanted to but, but on, on the flip side we're actually the, the ranked the, um, the third best defensive side I know we played two quite toothless attacks but the creation um to me is a bit worrying because we played two of the worst sides in the league um, and I just wonder what you guys thoughts on that are I, I feel yeah, that will get better and I feel that I, I feel that will come when we get our um, our best best players back because uh, like in terms of Emery's chance creation um, the wings is very important in terms of the fullbacks 
Um, Bellerin was doing fantastically in regards to chance creation. I think it was, he was en route for one of his best statistical seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kolasinac, obviously, even though he's not good going the other way um, and he can be quite lax in possession in terms of the quality, but he's one of our most threatening attacks. I feel like when we get our um, two decent fullbacks, will be better in that regard. I think having Nelson, because he doesn't really do anything in terms of creation, yeah. um, is a real big hindrance because um, that inside forward or that wide that wide midfield person is very, very important because um, when Emery tries to progress play, we, we always either go down the wings or into that half space and it's up to that person to create attacks because you can press the space with a 10, as we mentioned earlier, and the 10 doesn't really have that much space. That's why I feel like Mizzou Ozil has a miserable time under Emery's system. Um, but I feel like when we get the better players in so if that is Ozil back and we drop Sabayas deeper whether that is getting Pepe fit and he's starting and getting two good fullbacks I feel like the chance creation will come back again um, I'm not massively worried at this point even though we're never going to be a very creative team under Unai Emery and that's just point black and we're going to have to get used to it but I feel like we'll be better than what we're showing now Yeah Sean? Yeah yeah so, so, so similarly um you saw, I think there were certain games last season where we where we were quite explosive um, with with the fullbacks. And yeah, I think before Bellerin did his um, his ACL, he was on six assists already. So yeah, statistically he he was, and he he was very very. You, you saw the drop off when he got injured and we had to play Lichtsteiner. It, it was we we literally did look dynamic down that, and and everything literally went down that left side through um it won't be and Kolasinac and Ashton, we literally had nothing. On, on the right side anymore so I think we will have a bit more of a balanced attack Bellerin and Pepe will be nice and then um, Tierney when, he, when he's fully up to scratch as well and whoever he's linking up with with on the left so we become again faster quicker so we can push the, the line up a bit more um, when Tierney and Bellerin are both back they're, they're sort of two way full backs who, who can go forward and back uh, seamlessly um, I, I was initially um, a bit worried at the weekend but but I mean, I mean, obviously, someone pointed to me at the end of the day. This was the first time that um, Gwendozi, Willock, and Sabayos had played together. They're all under the age of uh, 24, so um, I, I think the more they play, the more they acclimatise to each other. I think we will show interesting um, traits there. I think, like like you said, Willock was earlier on. Willock was quite conservative this game, but if Sabayos is not going to be the one to push forward, then Willock, uh, depending on game state, he 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 will have the opportunity to push forward and and, and arrive in the box. And he's shown previously. Uh, I think he scored like what three goals last season as well for us for the first team. So, so he, he will definitely have opportunities to push forward. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And and the front three, I, I expect them to score to score. I expect the, I expect them to score more goals. Whether that's through individual individual ability, whether that's through creation via the fullbacks, um, or or from one of the centre mids, I, I, I definitely think we'll we'll create more. But yeah, um, to the overall point, um, Emery is 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 very conservative by nature and. I will make a call now. I don't think we'll be seeing much of those all this season, to be honest, generally. Mm. So, yeah. um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, because of what he likes in his in his ten, um, which is what basically Sabayos shows, and and Özil is 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 a lot more low touch than than Sabayos, and he likes to operate a lot higher up. So if you're not getting Özil involved in the game, um, which is which is quite funny because I, I think Sabayos and Özil could definitely play together, but it would um, leave us with a lot of holes defensively. I think so. I, I don't think. We might see it on one or two occasions, but it, I think that's something we'll see rarely. Uh, Terrell, it, it, Terrell would have a heart attack. Terrell yeah, would have a heart attack. Yeah, he, he will. He would, yeah, early, he, he, he would yeah. die still. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to some listeners' questions, Ben, before we wrap things up. So um, the first one is obviously, I don't know, I hope you guys uh, watched it and read the David Ornstein article on 
Josh Conkrey. So, uh, Johan Yo um, says, what do you guys make of the interview with Ornstein and Josh Kroenke? Um, yeah, I, uh, t- do you know? He says I, all I, the right I, things, doesn't he? Yeah, so, so I, I'm skeptical. I, I still think it's PR speech, but at the same time, you have to give them. You sort of have to give him a little bit of credit because one, we were we were moaning before that uh, we never saw or heard anything from Stan Kroenke. Mm-hmm. So now, obviously, we're hearing and seeing from them. We're now saying, oh, we don't believe it. So, so you, you've got to give them a bit of leeway to an extent. Um, the, the proof will be in the pudding. Um, they bought themselves obviously a bit of time with, with the work they'd done this summer. So, um, and I think Josh obviously spoke about the fact that they were looking to be proactive in January again. I'm, I'm a bit skeptical around that. I'm, I'm wary about how much work we can actually do in Jan and, and the level of um, talent we can acquire in Jan. But, but yeah, no, they, they've, um, they, they've definitely bought themselves time. I think Josh, I, I put it in the group earlier, I think he understands customer engagement um a lot more than than his dad did and 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 the need to engage with fans as well and obviously the new setup they've put in place um raul is very seems very competent everything we read about edu is um obviously he's the one now who's gonna become more front and center with the transfers as well um so the 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 proof will be in the pudding when when we see so i am skeptical but do you know what i mean positive after after the work we've done in the summer it, it's it's definitely the most positive i've been in a long long time mm. so yeah yeah uh, josh Kronke definitely seems like he's like been on all the training courses all the pr courses like he he he's got he's got his head screwed on about um the the, the right things to say and uh i don't i don't quite know what to make of it um it it it, it is refreshing to have someone who's uh you know it seems to be quite interested but I just can't gauge the level of interest. I I, I can't gauge what the end. Well, I I do kind of know what the end goal is, and the end goal is essentially profit. But I, I want to know if that's solely his focus, or if he if he does actually have like a genuine uh, uh, ambition to 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 propel Arsenal to the, to the heights that he claims he does. Uh, I'm just interested to gauge what his ambition levels are like, and. Um, <laughs> For me, I, I, I think it's bullshit. I think it's PR nonsense. Mm. I do feel like, um, well, think about it. The net spend, like you said, would have matched the budgets that we had. I just feel like the team that we had in place used it more intelligently. Um, and they were more intelligent about their approach to the market. So I feel like that's more to do with the footballing side than Stan side himself. Um, we did have a big, um, which didn't people didn't talk about much, a big uplift in our income with the Adidas deal. Um, so that was what double what our previous deal was, or something along those lines. So that's an extra thirty million a year. So our budget wages as well. Yeah, our budget would have been from the previous tax year, which would have been um, a thirty million underestimate, from what I think. So we had that as well. But obviously, I, they're gonna even if they're business owners and they're smart and they want to make money, they're going to have to realise we can't keep falling off like this. Otherwise, yeah. people will just fuck off. And the value of... Which they already Arsenal's... have started to do. <laughs> like, exactly. Really, yeah. And um, one, we this is the first time we started losing revenue mm. and the first time our value has actually decreased. So mm. that might have actually made them sit up and think, right, we've got to do something because there's talks about this European Super League. If we keep going the way we are, we're not going to be invited. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like 
maybe that's woken them up a bit and think right we need to we need to make sure that we're, we're steering the ship in the right direction so, so you think but, that you think that woke them up not the uh, the 4-1 defeat in Europa League final yeah yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> I don't think they give a shit about any trophies any success mm. they're thinking about the long term investment yeah um, and just, just, if that just, and if that matches up with what quick, we want then cool yeah. yeah just quickly on that point with um the the UA, uh, what's it UEFA Super League, Super League um, yeah. Raul has been invited onto a board to discuss Champions League reform so I don't know how much influence we have or or how much um, we might have a say in that because I know David Dean and Gazidis used to sit on similar boards as well so I, I don't know what that will mean going forward but yeah it's just uh, maybe an interesting soundbite to, to sort of keep note of yeah, we spoke a lot about that Super League thing. Well, not a lot, but we spoke about it quite a few times on the Touchline pod, um, just on people's general thoughts are about it. I think I think a lot of people seem to be against it. Um, I, I don't I don't know how it'd be structured or you know formed. I, I have no idea about the, the the intricacies, but it'd be an interesting idea. Um, me uh, me I being a think... passion merchant, I, I'd much rather us keep the Premier League. But you know. <laughs> If there is one, I have absolutely no idea why Arsenal fans would be like, oh, we don't want to be a part of it if mm. there is one. You want to be at the pinnacle of football. So, okay, might not be great for us, but you want to be sitting there playing West Broms all day while um, we just feed the clubs for the Barcelonas and the Juventuses and the Man Uniteds of this mm. world. No, fuck that. Like, if, if, it, if it's actually happened... We definitely want to be involved. Um, uh, and we, they, they actually did release, was it WikiLeaks or Football Leaks or something, released a list of teams. I'm glad to see Tottenham were an invitee and not a, not a founding club. But um, yeah, well, we, well, we, So we, Arsenal were a founding club? Yeah, Arsenal were in the list of founding yeah. clubs. I think, um, it has a, I think it probably has a lot to do with like your reputation, your history. And your commercial value. Your commercial, stuff like that. It's, it's, it's not going to be based on league positions. How good the team is, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, <clears throat> so, okay, uh, underscore Ray X Chell, she asked, if we can't keep Ceballos permanently, who would be the re- best replacement? So I think we spoke a little bit about this last week and we ruled off a few names. I think we were talking about it in the group chat, didn't we? Actually, did we speak about it in the group chat on, or in the podcast? I can't group remember chat. now. It was group was chat. Group it was chat? Group okay, chat. yeah. Group so, chat. We, so we had a discussion about this in the group chat, didn't we? And uh, a few names were ruled off. Um, do you guys have any particular players who you'd be interested in if you can't get Ceballos which looks likely um, a, a, a cheaper version um, not as good but still very good technically would be um, um, Stanislav Lobotka at Celta Vigo um, I do also it, I mean a lot I, I do also want another PMP option but then again I think that also depends on how Joe Willock develops which which might determine that um, there's Bubakari Samare at Lille and um yeah, Ibrahim Sangari at Toulouse. I think those are two that will probably need to be watched heavily um, in league on this season as well. So th- those are different options. Um, I think H- Hussein Moral, I'm a big, big fan of as well. But I, I think Leon guy? Yeah, I mm-hmm. think he's going to end up going for massive money at some point and mm. we probably won't get involved in that. Isn't he a bit um, lightweight though? Is he not? I, I mean, he no, is. Wait, nah, nah, nah. No? He has exploded physically. He's okay. another one who has just... He surprised me physically recently. Okay, cool. He's just come along from from uh, nowhere. Because I, I do remember watching him, and he was just like getting. Uh, but this, to be fair, this was like a year ago. So I do remember watching, and he was just like just a bit flimsy. And but I he guess did, he's young. He right? did one disgusting assist on Friday night. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it, it yeah, was that thing. It was the for Depay. The, oh, the way it was a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched was, the game. Leon yeah. whacked them. Leon, yeah, they did. Spanked they did. them. It was ridiculous. It, it, 
it will be interesting. Like I, I think I mentioned this in the group as well to watch um, uh, another ex-Arsenal person, Silvino, is now the manager of Leon. So mm. that might just be something just to keep an eye on, just to see how how Leon sort of fare this season. They're they're obviously in the Champions League as well, so you'll get to see a lot of um, Leon again this season. So we'll we'll see how they fare. Um, I, I also think. Um, I mean, this is not 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 that I'm saying he's gonna become like a world beat or anything, but obviously now um, Emil Smith Rowe is also fit again, mm. so it will be interesting to see if if he's incorporated straight back into the first team. Oh, he's saying he's gonna be to... a world beater with your chest, man. Because I know you want to say it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's been cautious now. You've got his agenda. You got his agenda. Say it with I your do, chest. I do, I do, I do, I do. Do you know? What? Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 going to the top, man. He's going to the top. Mm. <laughs> That's more like it. But yeah, yeah, for me, in terms of Sabah's replacements, well, overall, our midfield, I feel like we need two additions and we need two out. We need Shaka out, Elneny out, and then we need two additions. And I know it'll be competition for places to get two quality additions, but I still think we should do it and we should really uplift the quality of this midfield. Because um, I feel we'll do that with our defence and with slowly doing that, and I feel we should do it with midfield. Um, in terms of the attacking options, um, I was thinking of one of two players. One was um, Awa from Lyon, as Sean said. The other one, I was thinking, if Real Madrid don't get him this season, um, Van der Beek. Um, okay. I'd like to try and grab one of them. That's quite, an, that's quite a different player to Ceballos, though, no? Um, but uh, they're kind of different, but they do the same role and they're both technically very, very good. So okay. I don't think you're going to get... Who is like Ceballos? Mm. Uh, there's not really many who, who are like him to be honest with you so um, I feel like we're looking for an advanced midfielder someone who's playing in that 8 position um, but who's still a midfielder let's say because I, f- I would like us to move away from number 10s and, um, and move away from sort of 4 2 three, one. And the other position I'd like someone in is um, the deeper position where I'd love a PNP option and um, that uh, guy from Lille what's his name Bubakari Samari is he going for free because he's, he's contract yeah, so he's, does so, he play for uh, Lille does he? Yeah, mm. so it's it's okay. mad because I I didn't realize like so he had there were big bids for him this like I think Wolves bid like forty, 40 million, million summer, forty yeah. million yeah but it's mad because I didn't know his contract expires next summer so yeah. that is, to me is crazy so like that and he's probably not going to sign so I can imagine in Chan there's going to be a well probably from now there's going to be a lot of teams sort of negotiating to try and get him on a free transfer for next season so 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 we'll we'll, we'll see he what happens off there on the so. weekend yeah. He, he did, he did. I mean, I, I watched it back to be honest. At first, I was like, why? Did, but then it was it was kind of unlucky, to be honest. It was just two sort of soft yellows, but oh well, yeah. But then he's a younger one who's sort of not really ready. Um, and I know it's not quite a PMP option, but I do feel that you do want to get your PMP and the exterior of the team. And then in the interior team, you want your technical quality. Because if you look at um, the Under-21s final, for example, you look at how Spain dealt, or not the final, um, how Spain dealt with France, the way they just dealt with them on just quality. And I feel like, in these central areas, you really need your quality. So you need your game intelligence, you need your technical ability. So I would, if even if we pissed them off in every transfer window, I would love if we could sign Fabian Ruiz off them. <laughs> I would love if what, we could what, sign what we should do. Ruiz. What we should do with Napoli is like pretend to go in for one of their players and then just like let them have him. Do you know what I mean? Just like uh, I don't know. Na- Na- Napoli hate Arsenal. They yeah. hate us with a passion. Yeah. They they will refuse. They will outright refuse to sell anyone to Arsenal. Mm. That's that's what. I, I, that's what I was thinking, but I was hoping because if yeah. we could get Fabian Ruiz and then uh, Van der Beek, I feel that then our midfielders come up another level. Even what? though I would love to get Sabios. How much would you pay for Sabios out of curiosity, both uh, you? Mate, 100 mil, mate. Slap it on the <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling, I'm telling, I was telling people, who is it? Just. Put the hundred think... mil on the table right now because I'm I'm hoping they didn't see the game on Saturday. Like why they're thinking, <laughs> why, why the fuck are they watching Arsenal against Burnley? They're thinking fuck that. Do, do, so do, you know, do it do now. 
it's, it's weird because before I would have said like maybe 60, 70 mil. But if the fact of the matter is, if we're willing to pay like up to maybe like 80 mil for Upa Meccano, obviously, who's also like potential world beater himself. Like, I don't know. I would probably pay 80 mil for Sabayos, you know. I can't even lie. <laughs> but, but, fam, we the fact are, that we can't lot. name, the fact we that we are, can't name a replacement, yeah, that we is are, of the required quality. That speaks but, to me that we should pay whatever. But the want. thing is, it's because he's too good for us. Because that's yeah, the problem. He, he, he is too good for Arsenal. Also, if you look <laughs> for for a replacement of like equivalent value, like Alwar's probably going to go for mad money next summer, I reckon as well. So um, eighty mil, you know, eighty yeah, mil on both. Yeah, Alwar's probably going to also because next actually, but I don't reckon because Alwar's not been capped by France yet. He's still in the under twenty ones. Um, but he was very he was very impressive in the Champions League um, last season against City in both games. I know Pep was waxing lyrical about him, mm. uh, so I, I don't know if Man City will will show interest. But even I think I think Klopp said he likes Alwar as well. So you know there's going to be a lot of teams looking big at big competition. Summer. But so, yeah, I'm yeah, just thinking. Aren't we, so you want to spend 160 million on two players? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Credit card FC. No, Jesus no, no. Jesus Christ! Not, not, You're gonna have to get bro. the black Amex out. <laughs> yeah. No, no. <laughs> Now, now that, that's that's why you got to do the cheap option like Samari on a free and then like big on one other. That's what you would have to do. That's what you would have to do because you you can't you you can't do that especially if if like next summer because what Saliba's coming do, do we and obviously I I don't think these I think these Zupacano rumors definitely have um like, like legs. Mm-hmm. so um and then what left wing as well. We're our best centre backs, bro. We've got Zupacano, yeah, Saliba, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Louise, Socrates, well, uh, Holding. Mustafi will probably be coming back. James. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> um, I've got another question actually about a signing. It's from Lucky Number None. Asked if you had the choice of Upa Makano. See, I'm saying it right now, guys. Yeah, I've been practicing. Yeah. Well done, man. Uh, Upa Makano or Zaha and Jan? Who would you sign? Upa Makano. Upa Makano. Okay, that's, that's interesting. That's, that's that's a transformative like transformative signing like put it this way once Arsenal if Arsenal get Upa Meccano like Arsenal will then probably not have to sign a centre-back for at least like five six years mm. yeah. like uh, yeah like because then you're thinking what you've got Upa Meccano you've got Saliba you've got Holding you've got Socrates Louis you've got bare options and even if you were to say to one of Socrates or Louis that they would go afterwards like you've still got like enough options so yeah 100 100% and I just think that scenario which we shouldn't neglect to like if you think by maybe 2020 you could have a, a back four of Tierney, Bellerin, Upa Makano and Saliba you're looking you're smiling you're yeah. you're really you're really really smiling so um and whilst I love Zaha obviously you've also got to think remember what I said previously just about the, financial, the financials with him because next year now he's going to be 28 yeah, yeah I, I would. I wouldn't do it I wouldn't do it I wouldn't do I would I, do it. I, I would I would do what you guys said at Upa Makano as well I wouldn't if Zaha had to come this year um, yeah. yeah, it had to be this year that we had to get him. I, I don't I, think, and even I'll then, it was you. way too much money that we were putting on the table for him as well. I wouldn't have been. I wasn't happy with the the price the price yeah. uh, that we were willing to pay. Um, do well, you know? Because do, do, I, I hope Josh Conkey is serious because you, I know you said you got doubts about January, but I feel like the big mistakes that were made under the Wenger regime is we didn't complete teams, and I feel like we need to be aggressive to complete this team because we've got a short shelf life in Oba who is incredible shooter let's use it complete the team around him so let's get the centre back in for for the money that we need to let's get the right back in for the money we need to let's get the left wing for the money we need to let's so, get the midfield so, sorted so, and then let's go for it 
Mm. So, so, so what? So, what are you saying? So, complete the team in the next two windows to compete for the title next season. Exactly. If we, if we get champions, so yep. say we so, get Champions League this year, le- like left winger, whatever. So, left winger, centre back, and a centre mid. Centre back, C- centre mid. If we can keep Sabayos, and yeah. then two centre mids if we can't keep Sabayos, yeah. and then uh, a right back as well. Okay. And that's what you need to go for. And so, we need to have a summer like this summer over the next two windows, split over January and next summer. Okay. And, and then and then just go for it. You, you, it's got to be done. We've got to complete the team, and we can't make the same mistakes. Yeah, I would also potentially this is this is if we needed to fund it to complete the team, I would sell Lacazette next summer because oh, he's still sold Lacazette this summer to complete yeah. the team. Yeah, he will still got... he will still hold value, so I would sell him next summer. Yeah, I've got no. <laughs> Listen, I've got no. Uh... No loyalty to Lacazette, man. He can go if we if people are going to put up the cash. Sell him because I don't see that his influence on the side is great enough to to warrant him, to warrant us turning down funds that could be used in other places, and we could yeah, have our best striker not, yeah. actually up front. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, that, that takes yeah. that that takes that what about, selection um, dilemma out of the what equation. About Everton source go back for him. Yeah. But yeah, but what, why? Have, well, no, I just uh, don't get why he hasn't been signed. Well, I think it's it, it just has to do with the fee, right? Like, there's probably like his aunties are involved, uncles, some Aww. random cousin that <laughs> is claiming to be his agent. They all want Seven... like ten mil each. Ah, <laughs> they... oh, that's a nightmare, isn't it? Do you know but what I mean? So I think that's he has reason. such a good copper. I, I thought someone would sort it out. I think Gremio being a bit mad because you can't own fifty percent of the player and say we want forty-five mil or whatever. Like, come yeah. on, man. Like, well, I think the thing is what will happen with Gremio now. Um, I'm not at Gremio, sorry, Everton now. I'm just looking at his... Has he been playing for Gremio? Okay, yeah. So he has been playing since he come back from Copper. I thought maybe... I thought what we might see is he might be turning into one of those players like, oh, what happened to Everton? And then in like a year's, a year and a half's time, he's still playing at Gremio. And he'll end up at Zenit. Yeah, yeah, do you know? He has that kind of feel about him. Even though I really rate him as a player, I just think... He's 23 years old. If he's going to leave Brazil, it has to be within the next year or so. Otherwise, he could he could potentially be one of those players that just... I think it was... Was it Luan as well was getting linked a lot with like moves mm. a while ago? And now he's co- completely gone off um, people's radar. Um, and I think because this was Everton's kind of breakout season last season as well... Mm. Um, I just wonder if he has a dip, if he has a dip this season where he don't he don't want to be there. Let's face it. Who wants to be at Gremio? I'm sure he'd much rather be earning three or four times the money he's earning at Gremio playing in Europe in the Champions League. I wonder if his performance dips. Who actually goes back in for him? Um, so yeah, that's that's my stance on Everton. Um, I've got a few more questions. Have you got any more to add on that, or because I got no, 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 no. Okay, um, let's do some quick fire questions then before we um wrap things up um, Lanray underscore show asked Pepe or Mares. Mares easily Mares Mares easily like obviously like you can't debate what Mares has done in the Prem for like the last three he's been deep like he was the, the, the along with Kante and Vardy the key cog in Leicester winning the league, the league title um made some vital contributions to City as well and, and he seems obviously with Sane's injury now he's starting a lot this season so like listen Pe- Pepe might do well but, but we can't project that at the moment so you've got to go based on what you've seen and obviously also just technically Mahrez is better than, yeah. than Pepe so Ma- you... Ma- Mahrez is one of the best wide creators 
like in in the league and I think Pep is a complete criminal for what he's done to him to be honest yeah, um, yeah. that guy should be starting and playing football because the, he's, he's cold yeah okay um, and the last one got here the notorious VSL he says do you think Arsenal fans have developed a romanticised view of Aaron Ramsey considering how inconsistent he was yes Fuck yes. well, I know. I didn't even need to ask you. I, I knew, Fuck I knew yes, what you were because this me. guy, oh, just because he had a good bit mm. of form before he left under Emery, yeah, people are forgetting that fucking. I mean, okay, and he scored two winning goals. Fantastic, wonderful. But th- this guy turned out shit on a regular basis, mm. like regular basis in terms of his all round play. And it was all this romantic nonsense from that one season where he played centre mid and scored what 15 or so league mm-hmm. goals then it's like oh we need to see a fourth for Aaron Ramsey we need Ramsey Arteta oh, we need a replacement for Arteta we need Ramsey oh, I want to see Ramsey and Shaka because everyone moved Ramsey out of midfield because he was a fucking mess because mm-hmm. he can't keep the ball and I'll be so shocked I wouldn't be surprised this season sorry and you're hearing rumours of this already if Ramsey gets benched because he's technically not good enough and he's or um, he um, uh, neglects his midfield duties because um, I'm hearing sorry's already playing him on the left already of a, of a front three because you, the Don is not a very good midfielder but he's a decent player with good attributes but he is yeah. the most overrated player in the recent Arsenal history yeah I would tend to agree as well like, and he I, hasn't I played yet for but Juventus has he? yeah because he's, he's still been injured he, brought, he was brought on on the left oh, what, oh, oh on the friendly the other day was it? yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so I, I, I tweeted this the other day as well like because cause, cause my issue was, was that um uh, and and this is often an, a, a case in English football. Fans use goals to mask performances. They mm-hmm. they really they really do a lot. And and I was Dan Dan Soft was the one who originally said this as well. And he was like, it's only really in England that we have a demand for centre mids to score goals. Mm-hmm. Like on the continent, this isn't like uh, this isn't the most important factor. Like cool if you're doing your job first and foremost, and goals come after that, no problem. But but when you will, as Leroy said, you ne- neglect. Your, your midfield duties like do you know how many times like Ramsey just used to leave Arteta in the midfield by himself like and Arteta just used to have to carry that midfield by himself and Arteta who wasn't massively athletic himself by the way so yeah I, I, I do I do think he's um, Arteta uh, had to retire uh, three, three years early because of Ramsey underrated <laughs> Arsenal baller by the way Arteta, yeah, yeah, very was, very it, underrated Arsenal yeah Arteta was like and, you know, Pam and he's asked the other day but to Sean what's that? Leroy was kill- he was uh, cussing off Arteta the other day <laughs> when was that cussing off Arteta? Yeah, he was saying because Sean wanted Arteta as coach, innit? Oh, oh, was that Anton? Oh, maybe, Sean, maybe it was Anton actually. Nah, no, it was, it was, it was Sean, man. I, I'm not really, I'm not feeling any of them. I, I, I don't understand people who want Arteta and Jumbo as coach with no coaching experience. Like, I can understand having no first team coaching experience and having like a real deep history of youth coaching, and you've gone through all the way, not just a couple of years. And oh yeah, get. Give it to Freddie. Yeah, like, give it to Freddie. He's, he's got a he's got a gunner tattoo, he's, isn't he? He's got a good he's got a good art, mate. He's one of us. <laughs> like, fuck off, fuck off. I'm not I, I want experienced coaching. And I'm a hopeless, that can be youth coaches, that can be anything. Allow, allow me, man. I'm a, I'm a hopeless romantic man. Come on, lad. <laughs> no, but but, yeah, but but generally, yeah, with, with Ramsey, I, his a lot of Ramsey's performances were, were definitely over romanticized. It wasn't I mean, it definitely wasn't anywhere near as pretty as, mm. as, as people made it out to be. Like unfortunately, because he has um a mad highlights rule of goals like his his highlight rule of goals like is elite so you you'd be thinking to yourself oh this guy was sick but you know you, and it's it and it's the same with a lot of players back in the day but when you actually watch these guys play you're kind of like raw and watching and 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 that's why a lot of people were wowed by Sebeos at the weekend you're you watched him play and you're kind of yeah. like raw 
Do you know what I mean? You, you eat. What, maybe, what have we been yeah. watching the last three, four years? Like, maybe it's you know more I mean? of that. And Ramsey's, yeah. been, Ramsey's been the mainstay in centre mid in that time. So what yeah. does that tell you? No, so, it's yeah. true. It's true. I think, I, I think maybe I'm, a, I'm one that's maybe a little bit guilty of uh, ro- over-romanticising Ra- uh, Ramsey's uh, contribution team. But I just feel like a lot of the time he has attributes that we miss. Like, for example, on, on Saturday, I felt like Ramsey would have done really well in that game. Um just having someone like Ceballos on the pitch um, to allow him to do the role that he's quite good at. And I don't think Ramsey has had too many times at Arsenal where he's been enabled to actually do the role that he is good at. Um, And that's maybe because of his limitations as a player uh, that, you know, you can't afford to give him the license to do uh, what he wants because he may, maybe he's not good enough but um, I do feel like there's a lot of situations like even towards last season there was so many occasions where I felt like we missed Ramsey and yeah you know you, Ra- he has sorry go on Ramsey is a very very unique footballer very very unique footballer there, I can't really think of many midfielders who have his specific blend of attributes in one player um, and like you say, he's very useful because he is so unique and he has got so many good qualities. Um, I, I do feel that we miss Ramsey a lot, but a lot of the reason why we specifically as Arsenal miss Ramsey is we haven't had a midfielder who can run in about five years. Mm. Um, the only person who could run was a terrible footballer, and that's Coquelin. Um We haven't had a midfielder who can um, who has had any type of engine or athleticism in five years. We haven't had any... And in that five years is where the Premier League has really upped its intensity, especially in midfield. Mm-hmm. And Ramsey is the only person in our whole team who can go stride for stride with midfielders and any midfielders and um, match him in a physical battle. Um, he'd get injured all the time, but he could do it. And I feel like that's a lot of the reason we missed Ramsey and a lot of the reason why Ramsey had such a massive impact on our team because he massively upped those athleticism levels. But from a technical standpoint and a footballing standpoint, oh, dear me, like, he, he, he cost us a lot. He, he hindered us a lot. Yeah, that's fair. This that's this fair. is also this is also why I say don't sleep on Emil Smith Rowe because he has those athletic qualities, but he's a lot better technically than Ramsey was. Obviously, it remains to be seen whether this can translate into senior football. Um, I hope it does, but he he has a lot of um, that you know the Ramsey like qualities. You know when we talk about the match stride for stride in terms of athleticism, getting forward to break through the lines and score goals, but also uh, contributing in 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 the midfield role as well. So um, hopefully he he can. Uh, be a good asset for us in the future but we'll see does he now it's important and that's yeah go on. You... no you go first you go no I was going to say just on touching on Emma Smith Road does he become now uh... so does he leap uh, not leap ahead <laughs> what, what am I trying to say here so because we've seen Nelson he hasn't impressed um, no so, one so, really wants Mikatarian to play does Nel- uh, does Emil Smith Rowe now come like just by virtue of everyone being shit does he now become the next player to try in that left wing Kind yeah. of position. yeah, possibly. You got to remember, um, Emil Smith Rowe was kept over Reese Nelson last season as well. By the way, he played in um, he played six games, I believe, for us last season yeah. before he went on loan. So four were in um, no, so three I think in the Carling Cup and then um, three in the Europa League, and he did score three goals as well. So yeah. so he he is someone who who has um, and Emery was quite um he was big in his praise of him last season do you remember there was a goal he scored in pre-season against Atletico Madrid last season as well like where yeah, the banger. Like he, and, and he banged it from range as well like so he he has a lot of a lot of decent attributes and he he shoots very very well off five a foot with little or no backlift as well so maybe maybe I think we'll, we'll see him um, in some Europa League games after the international break 
but I, I, don't, I don't know how much his involvement will be. So it's, I, it's kind of. I think Awobi going has cleared the path for Emerson Throw. Mm. I think he's got a path straight path into the first team. Even though like being on the left or whatever, it might not always be his preferred position. I feel that, that that that's his to take. And if he if he's on it and he really takes the opportunity, he could he could lock down that place in the first team because of the Mickey and Nelson um, conundrum that we've got. Uh, so, ironically, I think a lot of the game yesterday uh, against Burnley could have used the Wobi. A Wobi would have been very, very good at yeah, that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But, yeah, 100%. But, um, yeah, I think Emos throw it is sort of down to take the mantle. Okay, cool. Well, that was a good one. Um, let's leave it there then, guys. Uh, follow us on Touchy Gooners. Use the hashtag, hashtag Touchline Fracas. Um, and, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Cool. In a bit. Cool. Take care. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Podcast Network.